Welcome to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I am your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach, workshop and retreat leader and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at willpie.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing and happiness, liberating humanity from the matrix of fear and self-loathing. Find us and join our mailing list at loveandtruthparty.org. We exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as New Earth Ninjas, our playful avatar. We do so in the spirit of play, holding the paradox that all is well, even and including all collective crises, while simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive the love and care in these and within the happiness hacks, including the seven questions and other free resources, including our meditation, gratitude, cancer and depression online courses found on loveandtruthparty.org. We believe that in giving we receive and we invite you to pay for the, the value you receive in this podcast by sharing liking, subscribing for more great content, leaving a review on iTunes, getting your love letters from the website, following us on social media, and supporting us at loveandtruthparty.org support. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Fiona Shakila Burns. Fiona is an integrative natural health consultant who practices in Bristol, She's passionate about life. Fiona delights in supporting people to connect to their natural vitality, healing potential, and joy. She combines her strong intuition with a scientific understanding of the physiology of the body and chemistry of the herbs that she both grows and sources from trusted suppliers. EFT, Matrix Reimprinting, and Psych K all enable Fiona to support her clients to understand and clear the emotional root causes of disease. Site K provides a fantastic tool for rewriting any limiting beliefs that may be unconsciously in the way of health and well-being. Whether you have a specific health concern or are simply aware that you're not fully living the life that you would like to be living, Fiona will do her best to help you identify your goals and clear whatever is in the way of achieving them. Fiona has a particular interest in health and transformation, having herself recovered twice from diseases deemed terminal by her doctors, both as a child and as an adult. And uh, those diseases, diseases, I believe, are both cancer, though the Draconian uh, Cancer Act uh, doesn't allow her to mention those on her website, which uh, says a lot about that particular um, industry. But uh, Fiona, it's wonderful to have you on the show. People will be able to find your website and all those details in, in the show notes. It's uh, great to have you on today. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, it's a real honor. Thank you so much, Will. And thank you for all, all that you're doing in the world. It's a, it's a great pleasure. It's a while since I've done one of these, so it's great to be on and, and great to be connected with you in Bristol, a, a town that I've uh, I went to university there and um, your 
just ending your day in Bristol. And I can just notice in the background that the fact that I'm just starting my day here in Australia as the sun begins to rise. So we'll we'll see what happens if, with, the, with the light and how that affects things. But uh, I really appreciate you taking time out from your evening. Thank you. That's my honor. And we, we, had a, we came up with a title. We were talking about like what would be a good topic. And what we came up with was illness as a teacher emotions and healing with authenticity which feels really rich for love and truth party for for, for my personal interests and passion um and I'd, I'd love to perhaps just start by asking what you mean by healing through authenticity because that was the first thing that came up for me i'm always intrigued by what first comes into mind for people when they talk about topics it's really really comes from my second experience of healing cancer which was when i was um 41 i was diagnosed with metastasized cervix cancer which had gone to the ovaries in the brain so uh i was aware at that time that i wasn't i just wasn't quite living my truth i wasn't quite being myself and um through the disease it's like i had I had to really connect with who I am and really honor myself by just being true to myself. And I could see how I just really had gained a lot of understanding about how um, not being true and not allowing myself to be fully expressed, expressed as, a, as myself um, was blocking energy. And for me, health is all about free flow of energy and free expression and um, allowing the, the truth of who I am. So it felt, it really felt like cancer came along as an opportunity to force me really to, to really connect with what's true for me. For instance, um, not giving energy away um learning how to say no learning how to um move away from situations that aren't serving me loving myself enough to um go for what i want go for what i need and being brave enough to ask for what i need yeah so it's it was it was a journey and and resulting in me I mean, I did many, many things. I, you know, I worked on the physical, the mental, the emotional, all aspects of healing. And and the, and the physical with herbs and so on was that part of your? Yeah, yeah sure. Because I'm a herbalist, mm. so my first cancer diagnosis when I was a kid, um, I had leukemia and sarcoma. That um, inspired me to study natural medicine, and I ended up becoming a herbalist. Mm. Um, my early 20s and so yeah herbs for me is is a very natural thing to turn to mm. they're, they're amazing for um supporting the body's physiology and bringing back the balance in the system so yeah herbs was really my first love and then on my second cancer there was more to it there was more than the physical healing needed so yes i did all the juicing i did coffee enemas i took herbs i took supplements I absolutely went for it. I, I also went to Germany and I had two sessions of 
targeted chemotherapy along with hypothermia. I didn't have any treatment in the UK um, from the NHS because I just knew that what was on offer would actually not get me well. I knew that it, by having surgery and chemo and radio, uh, it would actually make me worse. And I'm not saying that would make everybody worse, but I knew mm. for me it would be a disaster. So I didn't do that. And um, and yeah, I just really had to tune into what was what what I needed, what my body needed, and then really honour that. There's something really significant in that. In that, I feel that each of us has to work out for ourselves. Maybe not, maybe work out is wrong. I think your expression is better to tune in, to to come into our own physical sense, our own intuitive sense of what's the right path for us. Because I I hadn't thought that surgery would be part of my path, but it turned out that I intuitively felt there was a right time for that, and then I was even more surprised to find myself doing radiotherapy I thought that that would not ever be my experience and you know testament to being being here now it's it, it, it clearly wasn't a, a terrible decision but I but I hear you for yourself there was there was clarity that and and, and for me chemotherapy is like, that's never been never even been possible as a as a valid response for, for myself in this circumstance so I just feel that's that's kind of aligned with what you're talking about with authenticity with really knowing ourselves and coming yeah. into contact with 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 who we are and I'm intrigued like how you you feel that that coming into your own truth and your own self-expression and I heard you say loving yourself enough to to go for what you want and what you desire was for you like a, a key part of the healing like the energetic core of the of, of the healing yes um yeah just giving myself absolute permission a to listen to myself go for what I need and also and b for just yeah being myself just just allowing myself all my full spectrum of emotional you know, responses to what was going on and um, accessing, allowing myself also to, to connect with what traumas had, were not healed and which were feeding into disease. And I just made an absolute commitment to myself that I was going to connect with all the unhealed areas in my life and, and free myself by going allowing the healing fully and I feel that healing is something you allow it's not something you do it's what you, it's it's what you allow because the body the body knows how to heal and the only thing really in the way is is that is the mind um and and um our, our own tension uh and I feel like you know so the a the real the key the key is really to learn to relax and to connect and just allow what to come out, what needs to come out, what needs to be expressed. And I discovered some um, ways to do that, which is what I work with now with the EFT, mm -hmm. Emotional Freedom Technique and Matrix Reimprinting and Site K, which is about rewriting your core beliefs and rewriting the, the software of your mind, which is, 
creating experience and perceiving experience that there's an awful lot we can do um, with the mind. But it has to be in alignment with what's true. And it has to be in alignment with universal truth. So, yeah, it's about connecting up and realizing that we're not a little, a little uh, separate um, being in the universe. That everything is, everything is connected. And we, if we can, if we can allow ourselves to connect with ourselves, then we can receive and know what's true and know what we need to do. There's so much information out there that we just need to access it. I see it a bit like we 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 are a we can either be a laptop that's connected to the internet, or we can be a, a laptop that's separate and not you know without Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, once once we you know we've got the Wi-Fi on, i.e., our connection to universal intelligence, then we have access to everything that we need. So. That's, yeah. that's certainly been my experience with the, uh, the the healing process, and I like this distinction of of allowing, of of, of receiving, and the, the 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 manner in which I was uh, guided and synchronistically pointed to whatever was needed at the time was 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 really extraordinary, and I, I love. There's, there's two things. One, you mentioned the, the, the herbs. I just wanted to speak to my own experience. I found myself eating a huge amount of, of rosemary. I, I was making these like uh, potato chips with garlic and rosemary. And the, every time I was preparing this rosemary, it was like the pile was getting bigger. And I was like, why am I eating so, like, I like the taste, but not, not that much. Why am I eating so much rosemary? And I looked up the health benefits on Google using my universal mm. intelligence. And it said, um, you know, neuroregenerative, anti-cancer, anti-tumor, anti-inflammatory. And I was like, oh, right. I'm, I'm giving myself high dose um, treatment. I'm out of pure intrigue. Is rosemary something that played a part in your journey? Or? Well, yeah, actually I had, I had a I do. I love. I love that. I love. I love remembering the fact that you know we're all animals, and we do. We can watch our the uh, way our, our animals. Like I watched my dog helping herself to herbs in the garden. Actually, she's really good at foraging and eating what she needs. Um, my garden started growing loads of wild garlic when I was healing, and um, it was absolutely everywhere, all over the garden, to the point where. I was, I was just looking out the window one day thinking, oh my God, it, you know, it's completely taking over. What am I going to do about it? And then I just suddenly had this thought, I need to juice it. I need to drink it. And so I started um, collecting it and having, making myself these really potent little sort of green shots of wild garlic, which was strong stuff. But it's exactly, it's exactly what I needed. And um, cancer's got a very strong microbial component to it and especially I was dealing with ovarian cancer uh, I mean it was actually I had cervix apparently I had cervix uh, uh, primary but the surgeon thought I also had a, a primary um, ovarian as well although the, the official diagnosis was cervix cancer which had gone to the ovaries and the brain um, but so ovarian cancer is very connected to microbes as well. So I 
I, I, I think my body was just telling me I need that. I need to get that in. I need to get that into my body. And I took loads of it. And it just felt like it was, you know, I felt like my system was zinging. It was so cleansing. So, yeah. Um, there was other herbs I was attracted to as well, which I got really clear um, insight that I needed to drink chaparral, red clover and golden seal. And um, all of chaparral and golden seal are very antimicrobial as well. And red clover is a sort of protective, it's a hormonal um, protects the receptor sites of the estrogen. It also cleans the lymph. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I drank actually loads and loads of that as a tea, mm -hmm. and then I made poultices, and I I did so much with it with that particular blend of three herbs as well. But yeah, I think intuition is such a strong part of healing, and the more the more we can follow our own nature, the more we connect with our health actually so nature is nature and health are, are the same and I, I feel it's the disconnect from nature which um which causes you know is one of the main reasons that we get sick and if we allow it the nature will, will bring us back to that the illness will bring us back to our nature if we allow it to we can just listen to what what is needed what do i need more often than not when we when we're sick we want we get we're tired and that's the body saying rest is necessary and yet we have a tendency as humans to just plow on plow on through and feel would not feel it's a weakness to surrender you know to the tiredness actually it's not it's a it's a strength if you can allow yourself to surrender to the to the need for rest. You need to rest. Yeah. Rest is important you, you mentioned the intelligence of, of animals foraging what yeah. they need. And we see animals often when they're sick, they'll they'll just they'll rest. They'll just lie down yeah. and give yes. all that energy to to, to healing. Um, I like this idea of nature as well, like you're talking about authenticity and our, our true nature and realizing we're not a, uh, a separate being disconnected from the world and and also the the nature of you know the, the, the glory of the beautiful world around us that has all these healing herbs that has this fresh air that has this electromagnetic field upon the earth that we can connect to via our feet and hands and whatever else to support our own electrical system and the, the the true nature bit like this i'm really intrigued by this coming into the, the opportunity or the, the the teaching element of illness of, of cancer in particular perhaps to discover who we are and to, to to live the life that we're here to live in the in the most full way and there's a there's a wonderful book i'm sure you're familiar with it called dying to be me by, um, right and I think that's like that's the the title really pointing to that right there was this sort of yeah. Um, exactly. ultimate yeah. yeah it's a great a great story it sounds like there's a sort of archetypal narrative in there that uh, that we've, we've each touched on and I think many cancer patients do often cancer 
personalities, there's a lot of research that indicates that there's a certain type of personality that might be most inclined to have the cancer experience. Um, and I think often they are, as you were alluding to, sort of you know, drawn to, to, to battle on and to push on and to work hard and to have a sort of um, uh, disconnect perhaps with their deeper self and with their emotional experience perhaps. Um, it's a tendency. I think very often I, I find that people who get cancer are very empathic um, and they're very good at tuning in to other people's needs and often are trained as children. You know, we, we train ourselves to be what our parents need of us. And I think um, people in childhood, there's a habit that gets, gets formed um, for the cancer type of people who are actually very empathic, but will use that sensitivity um, to tune in to what other people need rather than to, to what, what's needed of us rather than what we need for ourselves. And that takes us out of ourselves and we end up leaking energy. And it's a, it's a kind of, it's a long way round to get love instead of getting the love directly where if I please this person, if I get it right for that person, then I'll get, then they'll love me. And that's, that's kind of the root of it. If you can get to that, um, the drive and realize that it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's, uh, it's what we've learned as children. And then we have to unlearn it in order to be healthy adults. Yeah. That's a lot of, I do a lot of work with people helping them to connect with what, what they need for themselves and learning how to, it's a boundary thing really. Hmm. And uh, yeah, healthy yeah. boundaries. Cancer doesn't understand boundaries. Can cancer tumors, they, they just grow. They don't understand when to stop. They don't listen to the cells around them, which have um, all, all healthy cells are able to listen. And um, when, they, when they have reached their capacity, another cell, and rather than over you know, pushing themselves into another cell where they shouldn't be, they, they get the feedback, they, they, they hear the feedback, but cancer cells don't, they just, they just keep growing, keep growing. And um, the apoptosis, which is the natural ability of cell death to happen when the cells lived out its, um, its life, then the, a cell naturally commits suicide cancer cells don't have that ability that they've lost that and they just keep growing and growing and growing. So I think there's a, there's an interesting, um, it's interesting, you know, we have to learn that for ourselves. We have to learn that how to, how, when we've, we have to find out where our own boundaries are, not let other people impinge on our boundaries and be aware where we are, you know? So it's, it's fascinating really the whole, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that sort of uh, micro macro connection yeah. between how our cells are interacting and being and how how we are interacting and being and it's a, certainly my, my experience was similar in the sense of a the opportunity to put myself first um yeah com complete justification to mm. focus on my well-being and, and of course motivation to do the healing work and to do the inquiry 
and it feels very much the case i can i can relate to my own childhood and my own experiences as to what you're speaking about there was one piece that you spoke to which feels especially pertinent for me uh one of the like to explore with you and that was the the receiving love as uh, mm. sort of connecting directly rather than looking to to get it from this person or that parent or whatever but rather yeah. connecting directly and you spoke yeah. about us not being separate beings that we're not um you know, just sitting here as a, a laptop uh, disconnected from the world but rather we're, we're tapped in to what you call the universal intelligence can you say more about what receiving love or, or sourcing love has looked like in in your experience because i know it's been significant in, in mine mm, yeah um yeah for it's about for me it's about understanding that we're that as human beings in in these bodies we're conductors of energy and we're we're energy systems the energy comes in and um in through the top of our head and in through the soles of the feet and it moves it moves through our energy centers and when we're open when our systems are connected so our heart center and our, our chakras are actually connected with each other and we're grounded and we're open to receive from the universe and we we are able to receive the love and it's a bit like we are married we're able to marinate ourselves in love um and if we get if we start if we get have defense as i see that we 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 get broken hearted and our our hearts get um protected uh we're not open to receiving the love and we don't even perceive the love so hmm. loving a loving act can be missed completely and whereas the universe, the way I see it now is that the universe is constantly just showering love, showering love all the time. Um, and we're either open to it or not, you know, and sometimes we are more than others and we, we you know, we feel, we can feel really loved. And sometimes we don't. And sometimes we can get triggered, especially if we get triggered by a trauma, something happens, maybe we, we feel upset because um, we stole our parking space or, you know, somebody who's their horn or um, wh whatever happens, some, something, and it triggers something which is there already, some pain from the past. And then we can have stories connected with that. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of love. And all sorts of things that we tell ourselves, which actually mean that we don't receive the love that's there but I do I really feel that we we um that can that cancer particularly I do think cancer is an opportunity to burn through all of the all that all that isn't love mm -hmm. yeah can, mm. that's beautifully expressed there's there's so much depth and richness in that and as you were pointing to how we um, absorb energy uh, connect with energy through our crown and, and up through our feet as well it brought to mind my experiences in uh, qigong so a big part for me was utilizing medical qigong and experiencing the opening of that central uh, uh, governor channel as it's called in, in qigong you know, experiencing that 
central channel of energy open up in a way that was um, very profound and, you know, from a scientific perspective, this is like, yeah, what is what is chi? Does it exist? So we'll do the exercises and you can experience directly for yourself what we are as energetic beings. Um, That's beautiful. So so were you did you were you already doing qigong before you got diagnosed? I had been doing some qigong, but I was directed then to do medical qigong in this particular form with a teacher called Ming Tonggu in the US, he's uh, from from China. He studied at the Medicineless Hospital in, in China. Really? And yeah, really. Video really, of them doing yeah. and like breaking up tumors. Oh my God, did you go there? I didn't go to the hospital. Um, probably as a Westerner, I'd be too, too, too soft. Um, yeah, the, the prescription is pretty much the same for everyone there, I understand. It's like eight or nine hours of medical qigong with, with specific uh, exercises relative to your own personal condition but it, it's very intense uh, in terms of practice so I went to the US and was fortunate to do a couple to do a retreat or retreat and a half with with Ming Tong Gu and his and his partner absolute beautiful beautiful soul and then of course I had the practices to be able to do wherever I was and was was doing about four hours a day at one point um, of, the, of this particular exercise that I felt really drawn to. And that was about opening the governor channel, which on an energetic sense would be you know, literally op opening the energy system to receive more love, to have more, um, yeah, to, to receive more, more, more love, to open up to that, become conscious of, to become embodied in that receiving of the universal flow that we're being showered in that you so eloquently spoke to um so yeah what you're speaking to is very profound and very relevant i absolutely endorse for anyone looking to create healing to create um health outcomes to 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 do the work to learn to explore for ourselves what it means to open to love to open to universal love to open to the embodied experience of of of, of loving energy that's that's that is that we are being showered in the whole the whole time mm, wow that's amazing i i haven't heard of medical shigong before that's that sounds amazing it's it's a nice coinciding of of two terms and because I, I, i'm interested to hear from you like what you're describing for example herbs and emotional release and self-expression and and coming to to really live yourself more fully and establishing boundaries more clearly if i if i went to an oncologist well most oncologists that i've spoken to at least and said this is what i've just determined to be my my key treatments if you like or the most important things in my creating health it would be unlikely that they would be fully endorsing or, or supporting that as a, as a valid path or a path that was likely to be effective in, in spite of, you know, there being thousands and thousands of people who would attest to that, that being key for them. What, what's, what was, what was your experience? Did you find yourself supported or challenged? How, how did you navigate a, a, a model of medicine 
that mm. dismisses and does not allow for much of what you have found to be effective. Yeah, it's not, not easy. And um, I actually realized at some point um, when I was healing that the most challenging aspect of my disease was dealing with the medical profession. And that seemed so ironic. I thought the very system that's been put in place to support me to heal is the thing which is the most in the way of my healing it was very kind of ironic and you know yeah but very fascinating really to see that and of course sad and uh, frustrating if you let it be but what once I really understood that they just they mean well but they don't understand what healing is, they only understand how to remove disease. They, you know, they can, if there's a physical tumor, they can physically remove that tumor. But then to think that you've cured the cancer by physically removing a tumor is a mistake because a tumor actually has a function to perform, um, which is, it's, it's holding, it's holding disease, you know, it's a, it's a, a collection of diseased cells. It's a part of the body that's not functioning as it should. And the body deals with it by creating it, it as a tumor. And it's the body's way of protecting itself from this malfunction. And to then remove that malfunction without doing anything to change the terrain which grew it is not an intelligent move. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do surgery because I think a surgery can be entirely appropriate. Um, but to do the surgery without looking at, you know, why has the cancer come in the first place? What, what what's, do I what's the root it? cause? Yeah. Root cause. Yeah. Of what are the root causes? Because there's always mm. a few. Yes. Um, yeah. And to identify those is really important on a biochemical level, on a, a physical, on an emotional, mental, spiritual level, and clear the reasons that the cancer grew in the first place. Otherwise, of course, the cancer will come back. You know, it doesn't, it's not, not rocket science. It will grow back if you don't change why it grew in the first place. But that's really sad that people don't have that explain to them and instead they're told you're completely clear of cancer you know the cancer's gone go back to your life live it as you were living it before and we'll just keep you know we'll scan you every six months and why are they scanning every six months it's because they're expecting it to come back basically mm. and then sooner or later if you keep looking for something you'll eventually find it and sure enough um, very common story for cancer to recur so um yeah yeah i i hear you and i, I want to like i feel to empathize empathize and emphasize one point which is that in my experience certainly every single uh maybe with one or two exceptions you know, let's say i spoke to a hundred doctors and neurosurgeons and neuro-oncologists and neuro-oncological nurses and receptionists and anesthetists and specialists and all the rest with one or two exceptions they were 
absolute healers. They were people that were into the profession to to serve, to help people get better. But also, almost without exception, there was a, a fundamental lack of understanding as to what healing is and how illness happens. And of course, the removing the physical is this materialist separate perspective that sees the human being just as a physical being and mm. disregards the uh, emotional reality, the reality of consciousness, the reality of our um, hormonal biochemical energetic system reflecting that consciousness and that emotional experience. And when surgery was right for me to re uh, endorse this, this view that you're sharing, you know, I, I completed about two years of very deeply focused energy healing work of work with plant spirit medicines, the medical Qigong, um, you know, juicing intently for a period of time. I went vegan for a period of time and then realized that wasn't actually what this body needed. And it felt that when I was having the surgery, I was now simply removing the physical residue of what had been resolved on an energetic mm. level. It felt like that key had actually been turned. And now it was just a case of re removing the, 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 the physical remains. So I, I, I yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so important to, to, to take, take so yeah. And, and, and take care and, and take the opportunity, you know, mm. like I, that's, that's what I would encourage people to consider as you're saying with illness as a, as a teacher, you know, really, mm. really take the opportunity to, to receive the learning, to receive the, the, the lesson that our illness or the disease is is offering because in for me that stuff is proportional right? if everything's a lesson and a growth opportunity in life something as big as cancer that's that's a big learning opportunity you know the, the, what we can gain from that is 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 really significant yes i think you articulated that really well when when, when i was diagnosed you may recall something similar people say all sorts of things they're often quite uncomfortable but one one person said to me um she said oh how exciting at 31 you're excited that was how old i was when i was diagnosed you're going to have the rest of your life to you know reap the benefits of this and i was just like yes because that just tapped into actually how i was feeling it was like excited a sense of opportunity um a sense of it being you know, a massive, massive learning opportunity. And and she just tapped into that straight away and was like, you're gonna learn from this and, and have the rest of your life to 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 live what you've learned, yeah. to live what you've gained. Live what you're doing now as a result. Absolutely. Yeah. The the, the truth lover and love and truth party and coaching wow. and writing the books, all of that is a, a, a consequence of the cancer i mean it, it, it's it's wow. um yeah Amazing. yeah it really it really is isn't it, it it's um, it really is. It's yeah. such an alchemy you know it's such incredible alchemy isn't it mm. this, this specter that you know kind of looms in our lives as the dreaded sea you know mm. and then what it can actually what transformation it can actually bring mm. 
Oh, the, life yeah, the, the dreaded C and the dreaded D, you know, because death is something that if we're, yeah, if it's right. a potentially terminal diagnosis, we have to grapple with our own mortality, right? Um, and with your diagnosis, with the metastasizing and so on, that would have been something you would have had to confront, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, facing death, you know, it was a real biggie. And um, it was my, my sort of, my, I'd say my sort of my awakening moment where I felt I made the transition back into a place where I could really start to, where I was healing, where I knew I was healing, followed um, a period of time where I was actually planning to kill myself because I felt so poorly and so fed up of living in a poor, a really sick body. Hmm. At that point, I had brain tumours. I'd had a brain hemorrhage because of the brain tumours. Um, I had the had partially collapsed lung. Had a deep vein thrombosis. Had a cervix tumour, ovarian tumour. It was like I, you know, it was just like, oh my god, it just can't get any worse. Mm. And I felt really, really ill. And it was that point I thought, I, you know, I'm either, I don't want to be ill. I don't want to hang around in a sick body. Mm. So either I have to die quickly, just get on with it, die, or I have to get better quickly because I'm not going to spend years trying to get better. I'm just, I just need to get better quickly or die quickly. And I have that clarity. And at that Point, it didn't seem possible that I could get better quickly because I'd already been trying for a few months mm. and uh, I thought okay well let, let me just why don't I just kill myself so I started planning my suicide and what was interesting was that when I started when I had the clarity that I was going to kill myself I actually had a bit of uh, I felt the energy come I, I've got, oh, I've got something to do. I've got a plan. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to, you know, let go of the body. I'm going to move on. And um, and I'd also decided that when I do die, I'm going to come straight back anyway. I'm definitely not, you know, I, I want to be here. So I'll just have to die and I'll be back as a baby and I'll just keep, you know, I'll be back again. It'll be okay. Um but I was just also fascinated by the fact that I had this energy because I was mm. going to, and I thought, you know, even though the plan is to kill myself, it's giving me energy. And then, then I thought to myself, well, if that's, if a plan could give me energy, why don't I just have a really clear plan to heal just and totally go for it and throw everything at it. And I really, I thought that I had been, but it was, I hadn't in total, I hadn't quite got the totality of the fact that I really want to be alive. I think that mm. was, that was the thing. And I got really clear, I definitely want to be alive and I want to heal quickly. And that was the intention. And it all happened really, it was then from that moment, it was really quite quick. And in fact, the whole process from diagnosis to recovery was actually only 10 months. And I had all that level of disease in, in that 10 months. Wow. So, yeah, I know. It, it surprises me because when I look back, it feels like a long time, you know, it doesn't feel like, mm, it's, yeah, it's like an, it's such an intense time, but it feels like years. When I look back on it, it feels like years, but it was you know, 10 months altogether from start to finish. 
and actually from the point of deciding to kill myself to recovery was a matter of three months. Wow, that's that's yeah. extraordinary. Because the situation <laughs> that you describe, you know, the various parts of your body that was in great distress and disease and yeah. and also the fact that you had felt that you'd done what you needed to you know you've been you've been doing a lot for a few months already and it obviously hadn't worked quite as well as you had hoped and yet somehow out of all of that there came and and, and this sort of despair of like oh, i i don't want to go on in this body as it is out of all of that comes the clarity okay here we go i'm going to yeah. do this i'm going to focus on this and then three months later what yeah. What was the medical response to that? Because that sounds like quite a um, an unusual outcome period, but also a very fast uh, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. The medical response was uh, they did not want they didn't want to engage with me. They did not want they didn't want to see it. It was too confronting, and I was upset that my oncologist who actually I quite liked him you know I wasn't I wasn't averse to him um but he really wasn't happy for my recovery he really wasn't he was I felt he was annoyed that got better did it sort of challenge something in him or challenged his identity yeah yeah, I guess it was just it it challenged his whole probably his whole learning his whole you know everything he'd been taught um and did you share yeah. with him your understanding of how your healing and physical results had come about? I did try. I did try to share it with him and he didn't want to know. He actually wouldn't look me in the eye. And what, what really shocked me was that he was really okay with looking me in the eye and telling me I was going to die. He was really okay with that. And I felt at the time when he did that, I felt he was courageous. You know, I felt I felt his, um, I felt his humanity actually, that he looked mm. me in the eye and told me, you know, I'm really sorry, but it's really bad news. And, you know, you, 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 if you don't do that, where he told me, if I don't have a hysterectomy, chemo and radiotherapy, he actually said, you'll be dead within the year. That's what he said. And he said that I felt he delivered it and it was his truth. And he was, you know, he was sad to have to tell me that. Mm. But then the, the awful thing was that when I got better, he would not look me in the eye. And I actually, I actually remember I was sitting, I'd, I'd come in, I'd just come back from um, Florida because I'd gone and done, after I was, after I got my all clear, I went to Florida to the um, Hippocrates Health Institute because I felt like I just need to go and, you know, maybe I have to learn how, to, how I should maintain this health. I was a bit worried mm. that I wasn't going to do it. Uh, how am I meant to eat from now on sort of thing so I mm. thought at that point maybe a raw vegan diet was the way I don't it wouldn't turn out to be the right way for me but I, for that I went into the, the life change program and I came back feeling really amazing and I went to see him um, and he 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 said to me I think you might possibly after it after I'd had the scan result he said I think you might possibly be in remission is what he said he wouldn't sort of give anything any more than that but he wouldn't look me in the eye and um and I said I t- he said he actually when I walked into the room um he was looking down at his notes and I and he went hello and um how are we 
how are we? And he was just there with his pen. And I said, I feel really, really good. I'm feeling really, really well. And he went, uh-huh. And then I went, oh, I really shocked him. I went right under his, um, right, looked up at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that's really, and it's really good, isn't it? And he went, oh, uh, oh I, 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 um, whatever, whatever, whatever you like or something. He said something funny. What did he say? He said something really patronising to me. And I just called him on it. I said, that sounds a bit patronising. And I was just, he was really shocked by me because I think the whole thing, my whole experience with cancer was it kind of brought me into allowing myself to just be who I am. And even if it's, even if it's a bit shocking, it's okay, you know. So, yeah, he, he wasn't. And I actually, when I realised he wasn't happy for me, I just, I didn't, I decided not to have any more checkups with him or... Right. So my GP was the only medic who was really happy that I got well. And... Um, He's still happy and well, and he really supports me, and I'm so grateful to him because he he lets me have any blood test I want any time. You know, when you've had a, a stage four cancer diagnosis and you know you've been as sick as I have and as you have, you you just need to know that we we need to know if we if we want to get tested. You know, I feel like I just need every now and again I get a bit scared. You know, and I think, am I okay? Am I still okay? Like, you know, I'll go get a blood test, and luckily this. Dr. Smith, he just lets me have any test I want whenever I want, um, sends me for ultrasound scans if I ask him to. He just is very respectful and totally, you know, he's just lovely to me now and he, he he's happy that I'm well. So I'm happy that there's at least one one doctor who's really happy that I got well. Yeah, it, <laughs> sounds, it sounds like you... Yeah, that's so curious. It sounds like your work, what you're doing is the sort of the, the model of what we're learning is necessary, which is to work in, in partnership with your medical professional, with you taking the lead, ultimately, <laughs> that you're the actual expert, the patient is the one that's in contact with their own body, and their own emotional health and all the rest. And you definitely need to be the one that is taking control that is in in charge and that's not always easy to do especially with oncologists or neurosurgeons or sort of amongst the most revered um people in the medical profession and i imagine also maybe also um a, a, a male oncologist telling a woman that how to do things that might be even more challenging for him i don't know but one, one thing that comes to mind, the you would hope, of course, that this gentleman whose job it is to help people create health would see what you had achieved and accomplished and humbly ask uh, and try and learn and inform his approach so that he's better able to serve in the future. And who knows, maybe he has done that to some extent. Maybe he has sort of learned from it. Let's let's grant him that maybe he wasn't able to do that face to face with you, but maybe he did sort of at least have his vision expanded. But mm. we, we, we know that Dr. Kelly Turner wrote this wonderful book, Radical Remissions, right? And she was only able to write that because the Institute of Noetic Sciences did what the medical profession has completely failed to do, which is to have that sort of interview, to have that sort of logging of people who create 
uh, spontaneous remissions or miracle healings or extraordinary results that the medical professionals can't explain that they weren't being recorded. There was no one saying, asking those questions like, how did you do that? Because we don't mm-hmm. achieve those results with anyone else. But the Institute of Noetic Sciences, to their credit, kept this log of a couple of thousand people who had created these outlier results, such that uh, you know, Kelly Turner, as she was at the time, was able to do her PhD, interviewing mm-hmm. people who had created spontaneous remissions or miracle healings and asked them how they did it and really bringing full circle back to where our conversation began there were nine different levers nine different influences that they identified amongst all of these hundreds of people that she spoke to but the one that seemed to connect them all was intuition they were guided by their intuition when it came to determining their treatment options and their path and that just feels so valuable to emphasize. It's just been true for you. It's been true for me and true for many people, it seems. The idea that we've actually got in us this navigational tool, which can, we can connect with, which can show us which way we need to go, what, what healing is actually going to help us, which, what foods we need, what herbs we need we've we yeah the information is is there in us and yet because we're brought up to uh be very rational and evidence you know looking at the evidence and looking at research and that's all very well and it's got a really important place but without the intuition, it's completely, utterly useless when it comes to healing. So we have to do the research and then connect in, okay, so I've read this study, I've read this, and I, you know, I've seen this, but what do I, what does this body need? What does this being need? And then, yeah, we can combine and use what we've got available. Um, but yeah, intuition, so important. Yeah, I love the way you, you expressed that. W- what have you found? I know in my experience working with people that often accessing their intuition or, or getting out of their head and into their body is mm. a challenge and something that requires some practice or training or, or, or assistance. What have you found to be supportive or helpful for people mm. to come into contact with their own knowing or their own intuition more more effectively? It's a really good question. I think um, learning how to, learning to notice how the body's responding. Hmm. So learning to feel, so coming into contact with that animal part of us. Hmm and so much information we're, we're getting through our body it's a bit like you know what you know that cold shiver feeling when somebody says something it's like, absolutely true and you tingle all you know it's like mm. you tingle all over and it's so tangible mm-hmm. that you know that can't be that can't be mistaken that's that's a that's a phenomenon. Everyone can relate to it. I had cold shivers when I oh when I heard this, 
I, I just had cold shivers and it's it's like yes we just we just are animals at the end of the day with an internal navigational system which we have to learn to listen to so I, I encourage people to just notice what's happening in their body how they're responding how they're yeah how they're, fe they're feeling I think coming into the body is key yeah so moving dancing yoga qigong dancing yeah yoga, yeah exactly yeah breathing mm -hmm. giving the body breath you know because mm -hmm. breath allows us to feel if we're not we're very shallowly breathing then we're not able to feel we've we've designed all of these ways to cut us off from feeling because feeling is painful Mm -hmm. and it's an understandable thing you know and then because we're brought up to not really understand the importance of actually feeling we're, we are meantime brought up with um being told that we have to be very intelligent and we have to read you know and, and be sort of think things through and yeah uh, critical thinking and all of that is praised Meanwhile, the other stuff, the feeling and the intuition and the, the yeah, the, the more human aspects of us are kind of denied. It's a bit like how we treat nature. Yeah, the I just want to emphasize that for our for our listeners and, and viewers that the two things to come into the body. I'm back. <laughs> you're you're embodying well for us the act of listening to the body and taking care of it getting some water when we need or whatever so there's that there's that coming into the body like for me for me that's definitely like a really practical way like doing whatever it is for that person whether it's yoga or running or dancing some way of bringing consciousness into the body more and then being willing to feel the the pain as well being willing to feel our grief, uh, our shame. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because we can't feel if we're only if we're only deciding um, that we only want to feel that, but don't want to feel that. Only want to feel joy. Only want to feel happiness. But don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel sorrow. I don't want to feel jealousy. All these things that we don't like. We think we can numb ourselves to those things but still remain open to the rest. And of course we can't, it's, um, it's all or nothing, you know, we've got, to, we've got to feel everything. But also as a sannyasin, so connected to Osho, do you yes. know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in India um, learning. I, you know, I feel very, very grateful for the, all that foundation of experience and, you know, all the learning, all the teachings from Osho, um, because it's like I, I really had learnt so much, but I wasn't living it. But the, the philosophy of of Osho um, talks about of being true, being true to yourself, loving yourself, and being authentic. It's like it's like I I knew the stuff intellectually, but I wasn't being it and I wasn't living it but the, the cancer was my opportunity to see that I wasn't embodying it mm. in a way that I could have been and that it was that that yeah that was the time for me to really connect and 
Osho, Osho developed all of these uh, meditations, which are all about being in the body, mm. the Kundalini and uh, dynamic, and all, all of the meditations that he created were actually for the physical, for, for the for the Western, for, mm. for the Westerners who can't, who find it hard to just sit and meditate. So we have to, we have to really get in our bodies. That's our that's our learning. So yeah, so That's beautiful. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, we have to come into our bodies. These bodies of ours, these um, space suits, which we have to take care of, so we can enjoy being here on the planet. Yeah, mm. I'm so grateful for. It feels like a really rich sharing that you've offered us today and I'm, I'm really excited for our listeners and viewers to 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 learn of your extraordinary journey and and how now of course you're uh you know, much as the the wounded healer archetype uh points to you're now serving others in their growth and in their healing and in their well-being which is um which is which is beautiful and i imagine very fulfilling and uh, great for you to be in that role where you're able to contribute in such a way. It is a, such an absolute joy. It really is. It's my. It's just my. It's my biggest joy. You know, being able to help, be the help. You know, and it's only. It's only by going through the stuff that we can actually be any good to anyone else. So um, it makes it all worth it. Mm. It? it does it does yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I encourage people to to seek out uh people like yourself and i'm not saying instead of doctors but yeah i think whatever we're looking to accomplish in life if we want to be a, a writer or we want to beat cancer or whatever it might be to find someone who's done what we want to achieve and to to learn from them is is a a very obvious common sense way of going about it and my experience I've, I've never met a psychologist or a doctor who, who's gone into deep depression and, and, and learn how to beat it uh, or, or resolve it and most of the oncologists if not all of them that I met they've never had cancer and resolved it and that um, that is a limitation upon their, their knowledge their knowledge is secondhand rather than direct and um, I think it's just beautiful to be able to, you know, I've, I've, I've learned from speaking with you today and I've been inspired and had a few, a few learnings rekindled in my heart as well. So, um, yeah, so grateful for you taking the time to, to live your life and share some of your wisdom with, with me and our, and our viewers today as well. Oh, thanks Will. Well, it's, it's a joy to share in this way with you because it's so easy to, talk to you because you know exactly you know you've been there too and yeah it's great to have the conversation actually and I, I think a lot of people will be able to really relate yeah this conversation and and all our guests will be able to um you know, see all your contact details and, and website cancer um natureworks.com nature works with an x is your main website is that correct yes that's right. Yeah. Nature works with an X 
natureworks.com and I'll we'll include all the other websites you've got in details for, for people to be able to connect with you and I hope that we'll get to have a tea when I'm in uh, the, the UK if, if travel yeah. is permitted yeah, again on that. planet earth yeah yes yeah without having the vaccine <laughs> yeah absolutely I certainly hope yeah. so yeah yeah That's I, can I just mention I've got a, a Facebook group for people who are healing cancer. Please, so, yeah. Cancer, you can. Cancer, letter you can. Cancer, you uh, can on Facebook. So yeah. people go to Facebook and they, they type in cancer, you, just the letter U, C A N, and they'll find that group. That's it, yeah. And there's, there's just under 4,000 people in the group who are healing themselves and supporting each other to heal. It's a very beautiful group, actually. It's a very loving, supportive and non-judgmental group of people who share all sorts of really interesting and innovative ideas. So, yeah, anyone who wants to come and join, just remember to answer the questions because we don't let people in unless they've actually answered the questions because, you know, we do have a few people who, um, you know, not everybody not everybody wants to uh, support sort of natural healing for cancer because it's, as you said earlier, it's a big industry. It, it certainly is. I, I know from many friends who have sought to put out free information about how to heal cancer, um, that there are um, legal responses to that on the pretense of protecting people from quackery and so on. But uh, if you look at the actual results of the medical profession that it supposedly is, is not quackery, um, that's a, a very questionable uh, approach to, to say the least. So being able to share personal testimony such as yours feels really, really valuable to, to, to keep a balance of, 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 of truth and information mm -hmm. that's out there for people that they might not get from their, from, from their yeah. doctor. Um, through through no fault of that doctor, their 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 ignorance is often just due to their poor education and their limited their limited learning. So, yeah. Exactly. Just that, yeah. I'm not allowed to say the word cancer on my own website. I got threatened with a thousand pound fine if I if I had to take the word cancer off my website. So, you know, that's just you know that's just showing you how crazy it is. It it yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. An individual, you know, they've told you, the system has told you that you had cancer and you've created uh, profound healing from that, and largely, if not entirely, through your own measures and what you've learned and through a natural approach and through emotional healing. And then the system has the arrogance and ignorance to turn around and say, don't talk about cancer on your website. Yeah. It's very, very revealing as to how the legal system and how the health health system is set up to protect a certain business model, essentially. Um, very, very interesting. Mm, shockingly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, feels feel, feel, feels like we've got another rabbit hole to dive down, yeah. and also I'm, I'm aware of the time. I want to be respectful to yours and, and, and so on as well. Maybe, maybe there'll be a part two. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, great. Thanks so much, Will. It's been a real pleasure to be your guest today. Thank you, Fiona. I really appreciate you joining us.
Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners and viewers for joining us today. Thank you for listening and watching. You can visit loveandtruthparty.org to join our community, download or order love letters, register for our newsletter, connect on social media, and consider a financial gift at loveandtruthparty.org. Thank you to all of our existing supporters and contributors. Together we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human community. Thank you.